You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. There are those elitists, what we call the elitists, those guys that just do not want to see a girl express her sexuality, a girl sing clean, you know, uh, a girl, even though Sky loves to scream as well, God forbid she decides not to for some songs. But people really, there's a difference between somebody that doesn't like something. You don't fucking like it, you don't fucking like it. There's so much I don't like out there. But what I don't go out of my way, and I'm okay with even if somebody asks me, what do you think? And I'll go, nope, not for me, not my taste. I don't get it. That's not rude. I don't, I completely respect it. Thanks for even taking the time to check it out. But the, some of these people are, just really want to burn it down. They really, really want to go out of their way to crush and burn our souls <laughs> for putting out something that's, I wouldn't even say is that different in this day and age. You know, it's just, you know, it's, these people are experimenting. It's 2021. You- hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope that you had a glorious weekend. I most certainly did. It was absolutely beautiful here in Montreal, and I spent a whole bunch of time outside with my family. We had some great, great moments, and I'm looking forward to the upcoming summer where we can do a whole bunch more of that. This Vox and Hops Metal Podcast episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter. They put on one of North America's sickest metal festivals, and trust me, when I say this, it's the absolute truth because I have played just about every festival out there and Heavy Montreal is up there with the best of them. They have just started to announce some upcoming gigs finally coming up in the fall of 2021. They have Ginger coming with Suicide Silence. They have also announced All Them Witches. They also just announced that next year in 2022, Bloodbath will be coming through Montreal. I'm so so stoked for that one. I am super, super stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, I would just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'm also asking you to rate it and write a review because when you do that, more people just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Why do I say this? You have to imagine that when someone is looking for a new podcast to listen to, They want to make sure that that podcast is worth their time. So what do they do? They scroll down. They read the reviews. If those reviews reflect their values and appears interesting to them, they're most likely going to give that podcast a chance. So if you write a review, you might actually be the person that sways someone to become a future Vox and Hops head. And that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, in today's episode, I'm with Sky Sweetnam and Matt Drake of Sumo Psycho. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 200. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm with Sky and Matt from Sumo Psycho. I am very, very stoked to be with fellow Canadian artists for a change. It's been a while. I haven't had a chance to chat with a fellow Canadian artist. So let's start with a simple, how are you guys doing today? We're doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing great. It's, you know, things are what they are in the current state of the world, but we got to stay positive. We got to push that positivity. And that's my goal and role and everything that I've been doing recently. Where, where are you from? I'm from Montreal. 
Ah, you're Montreal. Okay, right on, man. The city that never sleeps. <laughs> let's dance into darker territory, though. Let's let's co- let's see how you guys coped with the glorious year that is now behind us of 2020. <laughs> well, we've had our ups and downs, that's for sure. There, uh, I think, at the beginning, like everyone else, we were just, you know, just taking in all the information uh. in the world and trying to figure out where we fit and what we could do. And, um, and so, yeah, very confusing times at the beginning. And I think we've both gone through like, pretty- so sick of it too. I'm <laughs> fed up. Pretty. Hey, can we swear on here, Matt? You can I'm say whatever the fuck you want. Ah, that's good to know. Okay. I'm not so worried anymore. And can I open my beers yet? Am I, am yeah, yeah. We can jump straight to it. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their uh, okay, lives, cool. music right. and cool. craft I got all beer. These beers. I don't know which one to try first. What beer do you guys have on your side? What are you guys going to start with there? So this one is a collective art circling the sun, apple and cherry cider. And I wanted to try this one like crazy. I bought this. I was really excited when I walked into our beer store. Uh, this is a, a craft or not a craft beer, but it's a, it is craft made, but it's, it's a Canadian company that's making this called audiovisual loggers. And it's they're they're right now promoting this band that we like out of Toronto called the OBGMs, which is like an Afro punk band out of Toronto, and they're getting some serious promo, and I think it looks really cool, and I hope the beer tastes as good as the band rocks. <laughs> I love that. I love love collabs. I love band collabs. I'm deep deep into it right now. I got a lot of them coming up, so I, I love that, and that's very cool. And I didn't know. Collective- oh, it's pretty good too. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know that Collective Arts was doing ciders. So that's 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 exciting. That's exciting. On my side, I'm drinking something special from La Gabière, which is just outside of uh, Montreal here. This is uh, an assemblage, a blended brew uh, that's made with hibiscus flowers. You got pink pepper and ginger. Oh, my goodness. Funny. That's we some about stuff. Yeah, this is cool. This Have is you a- tried this one? The Great Lakes Brewery, the, the Octopus IPAs? I have, I have. It's a strong beer, but I'm liking this lately. Right I have. Now. I do like that. Let's talk about beer. Let's hear. Let's hear your very, very first beer. Do you remember the first beer that you ever drank? Oh, my <laughs> goodness, the very first beer I ever drank. Uh, that would have been like man when I was like six or seven. Wow. I got really drunk at a wedding when my parents <laughs> weren't paying attention, and that was probably bad. But that's the way it went. Like I, I so I don't remember the taste i remember a lot of taste because i was drinking all these everybody's leftover beers oh geez at this table while my parents were dancing <laughs> it's nasty but i was really young and my parents were very embarrassed at the end of the night because they didn't pay attention to me oh boy that's <laughs> at least there's I no cigarette beat that story you can't be that i can't be i mean i i think i remember having a beer stealing one from Stu, my old drummer back in the day when i was on the road probably like around 15 14 or 15 years old and just grabbing would, one out of his hand when he was drinking and be like, I want to try this. I actually feel like I remember you telling me that. It, it must have been whatever we had on the rider at the time, which was probably some like logger like Heineken or something like that. Awesome. Very stoked to be with you guys. Cheers. Thank you for coming on. I'm going to try Cheers. this gorgeous, Cheers gorgeous color going on here. Salud. It smells nice and wild. I love it. Ooh, oh. It's good. Tart. Uh, the pepper comes in strong, actually. Nice, ginger, nice. ginger subtle. Very cool. Like a beer does not fuck around. I love their products. I get uh, intri- I get kind of intrigued about some of the different tastes, some of the floral, some of the citrus, the things that go into these drinks. 
And actually, the one that you're drinking right now, there's this place down in near our, our area called The Bench. And I picked one of their their loggers up, too. I love and they them. Do like a, they do like a – they're really – they're right down the street from us. Really? The brewery. So, like, Sky and I last – before lockdown, when they kind of, like, were letting the patios go, we just ended up at the brewery on their patio just drinking all their – beers there and they make a really nice cherry lager that's that really delicious i love bench uh, we were lucky that they, there's a few that get distributed into quebec via a schlag killer killer stuff i love it love their their wild sour brews just just so yeah. so good let's talk about craft beer what 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 beer really opened up your mind to the world of craft beer when did you discover that there was more to beer than just a simple heineken lager <laughs> Uh, Took a few years after. <laughs> you know, like I, I come from an old school where I was like super about just straight golden lagers for the longest time. Like I still like a good, boring lager, like an old, an MGD or one of those kind of beers. And it took me a long time. It was only about four or five years ago to to notice that all these craft beers were making interesting lagers instead of like thicker. darker beers that are coming out even some of the ipas and the indian ales like some of that can be too strong for me or too this or that so i loved the craft was starting to make more lagers i was like liking that's that kind of when i found the the, the lagers were starting to be made it kind of sucked me in to checking out more craft stuff and lately i've it's it it pushed me into more pale ales and and stuff like that stuff that i never tried before so i it's actually been really interesting so it's just an amazing amount of flavors yeah when uh when you put your when you kind of go out there and start looking around and taste testing, that's why I liked the bench was I was like, there was all this interesting lager flavors that were coming out or just beer flavors, craft beer flavors that I'd never tried. Yeah. For me, I think it was the first time I, cause I, I'd never been a huge beer fan. I've always been more on the liquor side of things and wine side of things. And then we went lots and traveled. Of lots of wine at one point. Yeah. We traveled and did uh, the Guinness tour yes. in Ireland yes. and you know, when you're on a tour like that, you're like, okay, we got to do what the locals do. You got to drink it. And, you know, from going from like, you know, my girly, girly cocktails to like this really thick Guinness, it was like, you know, <laughs> taking it from zero to 60. So, and then once we did that tour, every time we've had the opportunity to do those types of kind of fun we tours, we do them. And <laughs> it's fun getting exposed to all that It's stuff. part of touring, really. Yeah. It's trying is. to find... <laughs> Stuff like that. Like even when we're really lucky, we, we go to England sometimes and into Europe areas and there's like small breweries and distilleries everywhere. Technically, even in the countryside, there's like cider places, like farms that are making ciders. And so we'll stop anytime we can and get something, any kind of alcoholic beverage that's made. Uh, in the out there in the country, I love it. But that's that's what craft beer was. You know, it's small villages uh, had their local brewer, and everyone would go buy their local brewer's products, and then then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's it stems exactly from that. And I love love going on tour and going and drinking beer before playing a set. It's oh, yeah. it's beautiful, but there's that fine line. You have to know your limit of what you can consume before stepping on stage. Has that ever happened to you where you, you, you stepped too far? I've spoken about my overstepping in the past on the podcast where I, you know, Cryptopsy played at a guy's wedding. We were in the present for the guy and we went out and we drank a bit too much before the wedding performance. So, so I, I know my limits since that night. What do you, did you guys discover your limit? I think we, that, you should notice how we like both look at each other like who's going to talk first and how is it going to come down? Uh, 
See, I'd probably think I could remember your nights more than you could remember your That's nights. That's the truth. I can and remember can her remember nights. I, yeah, like, like I can't remember the nights that I went overboard. I went overboard. <laughs> she can't remember the nights she went overboard. I, I, for, you know, we're not perfect. We're we're a rock band, and we like to have fun. We're, we're a band that prides ourselves in having a lot of fun. And sometimes to do that, you know, especially when you're on tour and you're doing, like, 50 dates in a couple, in two months or something... Uh-huh. You know, not every single day is perfect and you're not always in a good mood or you're not in the right frame of mind or you're exhausted from partying the night before or something like that. You're not perfect. So there is that like place where you kind of I like to loosen up before I play no matter what. Almost every night I feel like I have to have two or three beers. It's around the two or three beer mark. After three, I feel like I've, I'm pushing myself to the limit where I'm not going to be as good of a performer actually mm-hmm. anymore. So I always try to pull myself back. There's nights that I don't. (laughs) And those nights, you know, like it just can get, I actually think that, you know, we might be sloppier, it might be messier, but our show gets even more fun because we definitely don't have that side of us that's like, we don't get angry at each other when we are wasted and we just (laughs) play on it. We play on it. Matt's the type of guy that if he's had too much to drink, he'll say really loud and obnoxiously over the mic. I'm out too much to drink. Who else has been drinking too much tonight? He'll just yell it at everyone. And then they'll be like, yeah. And then someone will bring up another beer, obviously, because then they're agging him on. And then he's like chugging on stage. And we're like, it's the party going, right? It's a wise move. It's a wise move. For Sky, I mean, I don't want to speak for Sky, but I watch, I've seen where she goes overboard, where. Sky has, you know, a lot of fans on the uh, when we're out on the road, and people were buying her drinks before she's even got on stage, and uh, and then they're handing her drinks while she's on stage, and she likes to shoot a couple shots of whiskey, especially when she's screaming. Uh-huh. You know, she does a lot of different vocal styles, and and, and that those whiskey shots actually help a little uh-huh. bit when she's pushing herself. So she, uh, Honey whiskey, uh, she does the <laughs> she does pretty good, but then there's those nights. She does those nights where she's, I can tell she's had too much before she's even walked on her ego and her, her charisma and her, like her, her, um, I don't know. She's just oozing machismo. She's ready to go. <laughs> and then when she gets out there, I have to warn her. I'm like, yo, we're opening for this band. We only have like a 35 minute set. You got to stick to that. Stop and we know when she's too drunk because she forgot that rule and she just starts going and she starts playing with the crowd and she's Talking making too much. songs that are supposed to be three minutes long end up four and a half because she tells us, you know, she's got to add libs a lot. So we have to follow her. That's, That's cool. part of our, our part of our thing. Like we like to really push boundaries where like hey sky might want to work with the crowd here she might want to do this want to do that she might turn and say hey play that longer and then talk to the crowd and we're trying to play it longer the nights that she has too much drinks i'm just saying to her we might not want to play that longer and get back on stage <laughs> she's over drinking a beer sitting at a table singing songs into like one person's face while there's like 200 people packed in front of the stage and i'm like you got to get back over here she can <laughs> she can be a little out there so sorry for talking i just thought i'd get it good memories though man bring it back <laughs> Bring it back to the tour days, you know. Pretty please. Yeah, you're making me feel really good. Like I'm missing tour right now, big time. <laughs> this is this is this is what Vox and Hops is. We're backstage right now, and everybody is listening in. That's exactly what Vox and Hops is. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June 
We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer, and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. I want to hear about the soundtracks of your youths. When you're growing up in your parents' or guardians' house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Well, Matt grew up with two parents who were touring musicians, so cool. he had quite an interesting upbringing listening yeah. to his parents. And- My parents were R&B people. They were, you know, they loved your James Browns, your Isaac Hayes, and your Otis Reddings, and you know, your Al Greens, you name it. Like they were into a lot of that, that world. So I grew up in a lot of funk and R&B and a lot less rock and roll. It was my big brother that loved rock and roll. My dad hated rock and roll. He was like, (laughs) it was just not his kind of, he just thought it was not his, not his thing. And he supported me when I did it, but my brother really liked the rock and roll. And I remember, you know, one of the very first rock and roll bands I ever heard when I was a kid was Deep Purple. Oh, yeah. And uh, my brother was really loving Deep Purple at the time. And he gave me this greatest hits of, and I was probably seven or something or eight. And I was like, this is amazing. And it was the first record, first major heavy rock record that I'd ever heard that my dad, being an amazing musician, also agreed was phenomenal. Huh. And he loved it. And he hated a lot of rock. He was dissing the <laughs> doors. He was dissing, you name it. He was like, that's a sloppy band. That's a sloppy band. But for some reason he just loved deep purple so it connected me huge so that was one of my first rock records from going from r&b and a lot of r&b in the house to like being able to listen to a lot of deep purple in the house and then i kind of expanded from there what about you yeah um my dad and my mom had very different sides my mom was like in choirs and my dad kind of played loving her so much he like played on the piano like different musicals because my mom loved musicals so I remember when I was really young, they would sing together. My dad would play piano. My mom would sing her favorite musicals. And then us kids started singing me and my sister. And my mom kind of shied away because she realized that me and my sister could like hit the note she couldn't hit. <laughs> and she preferred listening to her kids singing. And then my dad had a had a very rock and roll streak. He was in a high school rock band. And uh, he loved bands like The Police and a lot English of Beat, English Speed and Madness. Lots of good ska rock like he, he your, dad, your, dad had, your dad had some cool tastes like uh, boomtown rats was one of boomtown his faves rats. genesis um he also i remember specifically a few records being super influential when i was a kid he played um the blue album by weezer so yeah, yeah. much and same with cranberries all the yeah. cranberries records we listened to like over and over and over again so those were really influential when i, I was, was i was stoked when she brought her dad's record collection we have a quite a big vinyl collection because my father had a huge collection and i've collected over the years but sky brought her her father she he, she stole his collection and some of the vinyl was going through like the Boomtown Rats is a uh, you know one of these bands that I'd heard of and never actually spent time digging into because I was a big Clash fan, 
and I love the clash. And then I hear this band and I was like, Whoa, what? This is like the clash ripoff. What's going on? And then I like found out this band actually started before the clash. And I was uh-huh. like, Whoa, this is crazy. Like I just learned a lot of cool stuff. And I, I thought that that's a perfect example of a cool band. I learned from, uh, from parents. Very, very cool. Uh, I'm curious. I, I know that, you know, Cryptopsy is a bit too extreme for my parents. They respected. <laughs> <laughs> they respected. You know, my, my parents have always been very cool with my bands. Um, but, you know, it's a bit too much for them. What is your parents' opinion about your bands, your material that you're putting out right now? <laughs> well, my dad is like our number one fan, I gotta say. He's a huge fan of, of the band and he's even on top of some of the press before I get on top of it. He's emailing me like, oh, did you see somebody said this about you guys? Somebody did a cover of, put us on a cover of a magazine a couple days ago and he just phoned and he was so stoked. And I was like, that's, I was, I said to Scott, I was like, you're so lucky you have family members that supportive, not only just because of the emotional support, but because He's literally updating you with shit that we should know about, <laughs> but we don't know yet. So it's actually really good. It's like having like a personal assistant on your side of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, my mom's quote that I always uh, throw back at her, she's always she's always loved our, my music, but she prefers when she can hear my voice over the noise, she says. So yeah, I get that. Uh, she says, why do you put so much noise in those tracks? But, <laughs> yeah, that was the best. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've done our first, not this record, but the record before. Uh, you know, we I'd finished doing the mixes and getting everything right, got the masters right, and we sent it to her family to hear it. And I saw them the next couple of days. We went to dinner with them, and I said, "So, what did you think of the record?" To Sky's mom, and she went, "Oh, you know, like, what's with all those things going on?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "You know, like everything behind Sky's voice." And, and I was like, "What do you mean everything?" She's like, "All that noise." All that noise, and I'm like, "Why?" What? I was like, you mean the guitar, the bass, the drums, like everything is just noise? So, uh, it is what it is. Wow. She wants to go back to the musical sky. Yeah, she definitely likes the musical side. She's still quite supportive, though, all the way. She is. How about your parents, Matt? I have a very dark side on my side. My family were really good. They're really good supportive when when I was younger. My dad, unfortunately, passed away. He was a brilliant musician. I loved him. And, um, he passed away when I was 18. So it was really early. And I, so I lost him pretty early at an age. So I'd like to think that, you know, if there's some kind of weird energy watching over, he's, he's pretty proud of what I did done so far. My mom, she's always proud. She's a crazy mom. She, she's like, um, you know, she's dealing with a lot of stuff. She's got, she keeps asking him to audition for American Idol. Yeah. She's, you know, my mom, <laughs> my mom's yeah, yeah. like living in a different era. My mother's <laughs> like got a bit of bipolar. She got a bit of stuff going on. So I just deal with her and she's, she used to be a singer. So she really, and she was a great singer and she toured a lot. So she lives like she still was. Is that the best way to, she has that side of her that still wants to sing everywhere she goes, wants to talk with people. So she loves music. So she is supportive. Um, you know, in a weird way. She's strange. She's more like, you guys need to go do this and go on pop star this. And she just watches what a lot of, a lot of American idols and all these shows and thinks we should be doing that. But uh, she's still supportive. She's a good, she's a good mom. I keep telling her she needs to go do it. I was like, you're more excited than I am about this American <laughs> Idol shit. Yeah, you need to go out there. And do it. 
Let's, anyway. talk, let's talk about your first shows. Do you remember the first live music that you guys went to go see? I do. I do too. For me, I remember the first concert that I saw was Elton John. Wow. That's really? Yeah. No way. What yeah. a crazy concert yeah. to see. That's pretty awesome. I remember being with my cousins and I think it was my cousin's parents who were like the big Elton John's fans. And they kind of like got in a, a few extra tickets and asked if we wanted to come. Like me and my sister, I think, went with, with our cousins. And I remember him coming out on the piano with his crazy outfits and the glasses and and kind of at the time you know i didn't know much about music history i didn't know like what you know elton john's career history i didn't know everything all i knew is like a few of the hits and and kind of like remembering and the outfits was <laughs> that i can't help myself sorry I don't know was that literally the very first concert you actually went to was there any local concerts you did before that because i would have been probably like eight years old wow. and the only things that i would have gone to before that would have been like you know more local like you know church choiry wow. stuff or so, i don't know like for local me I've, things or something for me i remember they're two of the biggest moments of my whole life, actually. I remember two really big moments. I think that people do remember their first concerts. When I was in grade school, I was in grade seven or eight, and, and, and I, there was all these uh, flyers that went up around our school and everywhere about this band called Dog Spit. And this band was playing at the local pizzeria on a Friday night and you literally walked in and this room was very small, like no bigger than this kitchen. You could probably fit 40 people in it as crammed in. And this, these guys that were in two grades higher than me in the high school above me that I was going to go to next, I started this band dog spit and they literally crammed into a corner and 40 kids through high school, all the kids from school all came in because it was not no drinking. So they all came in and we watched this terrible <laughs> punk band, but they get that point at that time. They were amazing to me. Like I mm -hmm. lost my mind. I thought I was just getting a slice of pizza, you know? And instead it was like, watch this punk band kill this little room. He had doc Martens. They were up to over his knees. Like it was this, punk rock and skidhead kind of guy and i loved it and i was like this is nuts like it was amazing and all the kids loved it and then all i got into the local scene huge and then when i finally got old enough to go to toronto and see my first concert my very first concert i ever saw was Lagwagon from fat records doing a record called hoss they had which is their second record they'd ever toured i was 16 years old and i saw them at the elma combo and they fucking tore the roof off the place and i never looked back i've Wanted to be a musician the rest of my life thanks to those two shows. That's awesome. That's that's awesome. Shout out to Crud, my high school older band, that one of my first shows that I saw, and they were playing uh, Bro Him, and I was standing in front of the singer, and I knew nothing about punk or anything. And the guy, the singer handed me the mic to do the classic, oh, and I didn't know what to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Steve that's if, if he's ever listening. But... Uh, <laughs> It means a lot, those moments. They're pinnacle moments, especially when you're younger. It's super influential of where you might, it might really change your life, change your life when you see something <laughs> like that. You got to put the work in, though. <laughs> you're right. Uh, let's talk about this new record. Initiation came out May 7th via Napalm Records. Uh, let's talk about this record. Let's talk about a pandemic release. Let's talk about, you know, a big label release finally. And now it's in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, what, what was your mindset with, about that? We tried to stop it for as long as we could. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys pulled it? Yeah. yeah as, as much as you could? We, we, we pulled back and forth because we, we didn't know how long COVID was going to go, right? So we literally just signed 
We signed with Napalm. We met Napalm two years before we signed with them. They've yeah. been following us and coming to shows and keeping an eye on us. And we were going <laughs> back and forth, talking contract. And we were like, that's not good enough. And then they were sending us something and go, oh, what about this? And we'd figure it out. And they came together with us really good. But they, it was literally at the end of 2019. Uh-huh. We got actually signed we actually in signed. January. And then they signed. Yeah, we put out our press release in January. And then we were in COVID February. So uh-huh. we were like, holy fuck, we're screwed. And Napalm was like, hey, where's the record? Let's put it out. And our manager was like, you're crazy. This is a touring band. The way we're really going to sell this band the most, especially going uh-huh. on Napalm Records, because we're not such a... We're not like the elitist metal style band. You know what we're talking about. He was like, this. the reason you love them is because you've seen them live and you know what they're doing. We got to get them on the road. And how are we going to put them on the road with COVID? So it got pushed back and we started rewriting things because we had time and Sky was like in a different headspace. And there were some songs that didn't make sense anymore to us at the time. So we started rewriting I don't know. I don't want to take up all the time talking, but it, it became a long situation. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of uh, starts and stops with this record that in the end actually made it a better record because we had more time to write and then in turn curate the best of the best that we came up with and really kind of look through our material as like a, a you know, as a full record. And how do we balance this record out with like songs uh, that lean this way or that way and kind of make it feel more ra- well-rounded, it I think? It was scary though, because it's the very first year, 2020 to 2021, that full year, it's the very first year that Sumo Psycho in almost 10 years has never released anything. Wow. Any new music. Not a new music, not a new video, nothing. And because we because <laughs> we signed the label deal, we couldn't. We, you legally, we have a we contract. We have to wait until the record comes we out. We have right? the record that we've literally sold to, you know, Napalm's working with us. we got to put it out properly. We can't just start dropping other songs that we just want to keep people, uh, Their you attention. know. attention, yeah attention yeah. with us we like that's not how it works you're with a company that has to do everything Plan it out and, so yeah. they were like look it we got to do this right and we so we pushed it back into that we were trying to get into the summer and then we noticed covid was going to keep going so we just kept pushing back and we started going we got to get all the music videos done so we just dug our head back into the musical visit video world of instead of having one or two singles and then getting on tour we were like we're gonna slam out six seven eight music videos and make sure that covid at least 2021, we can really utilize the YouTubes, the online world that Napalm can reach. Oh yeah, because that's without touring is one of the. That's what we have to do. That's half the reason you got you go to a label, right? You, we've already got a nice fan base. We've met a lot of people. We have a cool little world going on by ourselves. We went with this co- company after two records to expand to literally scale, and now we we're not touring. And that's how we've learned that we as a band we get lots of love and lots of hate. Lots some people don't get what we're doing, but when they see us live, they always fucking get it. And Right now, we've got a disadvantage. I feel like we're playing with our arm tie behind our back a little bit. Yeah, I actually saw a post that our uh, our Facebook group just posted. One of the fans said, like, how did you guys discover Sumo Psycho? And there's a little chart that said how many people discovered us from each different thing. And, like, the chart from... Uh, just said, seeing us live. Yeah, it said, opened for a band I went to see and... Like it was like, you know, everybody had picked that and there's like only a few people that discovered us from other sources. So you realize like how important that side really is, you know, for the past four years, we've been on the road every two, three months, just going, going. I mean, I'm really proud and stoked that we've done so much touring. We've done over 20 international tours 
in four years. That's killer. I mean, that's a lot of touring and it grew and grew and it wasn't so much about like we put a single out and radio picked it up. It wasn't about that at all for us. It was just go out, make sure our show rocks and we meet people and those people, you know, you weed through the ones that think you suck or don't like you and then you you find the people that care and they stick with us because we stick with them and it's been really nice and it, so this is why we had to wait a whole year because we were like, we got to wait until COVID might have a chance of opening up. We knew it just wasn't going to in 2020 so there's already talk of some some late tours in september in europe that have been um pointed at us and said here's some dates what do you think us say yes we haven't confirmed that anything's going to happen yet because of covid but right now there is talk that at the end of the year we might possibly get back on the road so Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. Oh, yeah. I just keep saying we must be halfway through. It's like being on the road, you know, and you're driving a road trip, a long road trip. <laughs> Everything feels a little bit better if you know that you're at least past halfway. You're totally right. <laughs> yeah. You're so right. And that's like we even had an issue with going live with the streaming. Like, you know, a lot of bands, as soon as the COVID hit, bands after bands, stream this, stream that, play live. You know, we, and this is not a snobby thing or trying to, I just, we pride ourselves in our live show so much that I didn't want to put it online. I was just like, I don't know how to get through to people what we do live just by putting a couple cameras in front of us on the internet. That's, we're an interactive band. We go, when you come to a show, you're going to be physically interactive with us like either i'm going to be punching you or this guy's <laughs> going to be punching you or i'm going to try and climb on your back or somebody is like there's a lot more to it for us that that we want to have fun with people and i don't we were just like how are we going to feed off uh-huh. the internet to do a show and both of us just sat back and went let's just put our time into music videos we love music that much and i know our fans <clears throat> want to see it but i just don't have the heart to just I don't have it. We don't have it right now. So we've kind of pulled back on that one where even our label's gone, hey, maybe you guys should do this. And we're still like, ah, oh, man, you just don't. How do you get Sky to go to the bar and get a shot and drink with the people and have cheers? Is like we do a lot of things that want to make people interact. It's, just, it's not easy right now. No, I, I totally, totally agree. And I don't enjoy the whole live stream. I could never imagine performing one and staring into a camera. Yeah, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not being able to get and not be able to get the reception that you're hoping to hear. It's not like you have like eight million mics in all these rooms of people. You know, if you have a couple thousand people online, they're not all cheering through mics to you. It's it's very awkward to me. And I I commend the bands that pulled it off. Wow. I also heard a lot of bands spent a lot of money and time putting things together, and heard that a lot of them suffered sales nowhere oh, yeah. near the ticket sales that they thought they were going to get. And that made me go, "Fuck that! I'd rather wait and fucking gruel it out and make sure that when we go back live, our fans are dying to come and see us because they didn't get to watch us do the streams mm-hmm. for a while." You know, I think that's important. Behemoth won. Behemoth did the best live stream. <laughs> they did. Okay. It was good. Just so good in this old church. It was amazing. It was. It was amazing. That's good. Oh, cool. I've heard a couple. There was, I think it was like Ice Nine Kills or there was like another band that did like horror story in between some of the stuff. And I thought I talked about a bit of a, like a bizarre, you know, like there used to be a show called Bizarre. I think it was like, or, or like a, you know, like a variety, like a variety show. Instead of it just being streamed, you'd be like, here's a couple songs and then you're going to get this and the camera moves to something else or something else we've cut. And you get like an hour and a half of more of a whole entertaining show than just here's us playing song after song. And uh, we talked about it, but again, it's been, a lot of time. And it's effort, a lot of time and... to, to, to do that. And with us trying to run the record record cycle and make music videos, we decided that that was more important than just going right now streaming live. Absolutely. I'm very lucky that I have the podcast keeping me busy. Uh, I get the same little 
pre-show jitters before I sit down and launch the Zoom, uh, before the artists come. I This is how I've been filling my void from playing live. So, so how have you guys been filling the void? Yeah, I guess like for us, to me, it's it's really focusing on just keeping busy with all the art and the and the videos. I mean, we're a very hands on band when it comes to like every aspect from the merch to the music videos to, you know, I built the our website, you know, we're very DIY. That's that way. So doing all those things really what you got something to say. I I'm just feel curious. It. I just like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt. I, I didn't. I just, I'm just, my brain's going off. Matt, so you play in a band. What's the band? I sing for the death metal band Cryptopsy. You do? Yeah. I knew, what? You said it earlier and I was like, he, you, you know, you brought up shout out Cryptopsy and I was like, oh, uh, like, like, does he mean he plays in Cryptopsy? Like, I was just kind of quiet. Dude, like, I mean, you've got like a pretty big metal band like that's pretty awesome good for you thank you thank you very much <laughs> thanks, thanks for interviewing us and giving us a bit of like respect because like a lot of the elitists in your world are hating us right now so i appreciate that and i apologize for not putting two together and not recognizing your name in the i don't band. think that was in the description that the pr people natalie gave natalie natalie did not tell me that i was going to be talking to i apologize that's all good your band has done more than us in a lot of ways, so I'm sorry about that, man. That's that's sick. Thank you. No, no, no. I, I, and you know, we can talk about. Your band rocks, just so you know. You guys are super fucking heavy, man. My my first album with them it got a lot of flack, so so we we could talk about the reception. You think that the elitists are giving you guys a hard time? What 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 is? I'm curious about this. I I, I see. You know, you guys are an eclectic mix of different styles of music, and I think that's totally on trend right now when you look at everything that's happening in the world of metal it's it's exciting it's happening look at Sumerian you know they put on Summer Slaughter and look at their their roster now with Poppy just exploding I well I feel like that's kind of our our world that we're in a little bit of mm-hmm. that's what we kind of play and we tread in and when you ask about the latest yeah it's not like a lot of metal people are still understanding that we love heavy guitars and are totally in uh, there's those open-minded people uh what I mean by saying that is I guess it's like we just have our um guards up now mm-hmm. because like when we were in our own little world you know when you're touring your own world and you've got your own little fan base you kind of start you have blinders on of, you know, like everybody's just happy. We're all good. Everything. But now when we start reaching out to like general public, like people that like literally don't know you and you don't know them and they haven't heard anything about you, don't know your story. They just, you know, you just get some people that have, they're just trolls online. And we always expect that we have thick skin, you know, but like with napalm for the fact that we do have a lot of pop in our act, you know, we got pop, we got metal, we got punk, we got electro, you stick all this together. Being on napalm where you get a lot of heavy metal, like real, real heavy metal, black metal, death metal. You get a lot of stuff on there. There are those elitists, what we call the elitists, those guys that just do not want to see a girl express her sexuality, a girl sing clean, you know, uh, a girl, even though Sky loves to scream as well, God forbid she decides not to for some songs. But people really, there's a difference between somebody that doesn't like something. You don't fucking like it, you don't fucking like it. There's so much I don't like out there. But what I don't go out of my way, and I'm okay with even if somebody asks me, what do you think? And I'll go, nope, not for me, not my taste. I don't get, that's not rude. I don't, I completely respect it. Thanks for even taking the time to check it out. But the, some of these people are, just really want to burn it down. They really, really want to go out of their way to crush and burn our souls <laughs> for putting out something that's, I wouldn't even say is that different in this day and age. You know, it's just, you know, it's, there's people are experimenting. It's 2021. You, there's only so much, you know, 
Iron Maiden metal. We want to, I want to hear. And I still love that shit. I love that shit, but I just go, that's not us. And you are welcome to not like it, but why, why the misogynistic, the misogynistic stuff is unbelievable. I think it's a a shame and it sucks. The metal community represents a bit of that now. And I didn't realize before that sucks because we we're better than that as people, you know, in general. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a shame. Like, you know, some, just because a girl decides to wear a bikini top in a video doesn't mean she doesn't have talent. You know, I don't call people talentless when they go and do Photoshop's models wear it. You know, when a, when a singer like, you know, Steven Tyler walked on stage back in the day and took his shirt off, people didn't, say he was just trying to sell sex they loved him he was talented and he sang but because a girl does it it's a whole different story and i think it's crazy the amount of dudes out there that can throw their six packs out there and not get a fucking word about how they're just doing that to sell sex to an extent but a girl just shows a little skin and it's i just feel like it's pretty brutal sorry for talking long on that one but it's it's i think it's you know it's just it's part of the uh getting a bigger net now with napalm we have a bigger net we're just catching all different types of fish in that net and some of the some of the fish fish just like you know they want they want you know i've i had a few comments you know about like us not you know they they weren't fans of napalm anymore and stuff because they signed us instead of thinking you know what your other bands aren't going away they're still there you can still listen to them but at least leave a little space for something new to come in in the mix the worst is i heard the never mind never mind some misogyny just in general people that want to take rock and roll out of mainstream is scary to me i'm like why would we're having enough time getting rock and roll on radio in some of the mainstream worlds and I hear people like, oh, you know, this poppy shit. People are trying to put heavy guitars and poppy shit. I'm like, what's wrong with putting heavy guitars in something? God forbid we're trying to bring heavy guitars back into mainstream radio where we can start hearing a lot more heavy bands get there. You know, I, I remember the very first time I heard Chop Suey on the radio. I fucking was blown away. I was like, holy shit. What the fuck is this? Somebody took a chance because you didn't hear bands like that. And when it did, all of a sudden, all these more, you know, there's tons of all this rock was getting lots of play. But like, I just went, where, where is that? We don't see that in mainstream. I don't turn on a mainstream radio station and hear a band come out like Chop Suey these days. I, it's always, you know, a certain uh, tame yeah. world right now that I miss those guitars. So it's a shame when I see like uh, people going, oh, they're just trying to be heavy pop. I'm like, what's wrong with heavy pop? It's better than if you don't like pop, isn't it better than pop? Like, and we're at least playing heavy pop? Like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong here. Anyway. It's all good. I mean, I think it's it's great to be polarizing, you know? I think so. It's, it's good to be uh, controversial versus just kind of like, Nobody talks about you. Dude, you know what's crazy is there's going to be some friends in England that we know that are going to lose their mind that you're interviewing us. <laughs> I know Dave Trees, yeah. like he wears your shirt all the time. Man. Yeah. He's going to be like, what? <laughs> you know, what's also weird is uh, Chris Can- uh, Chris Canella from Deicide reached out to us really? and offered us an endorsement from Dean Guitars. That's and sick. I was just like, what? And I was like, you know, we're not like a metal band. He's like, dude, what you guys are doing is so interesting and cool go with it. And I was like, that is some serious respect from a guy from DSI to do this. It's a shame not everybody can think like yourself and, and a guy like that. Like, you know. There are no more genres. I, I, don't, I see yeah. 2021 and future going on. The, the genres are a thing of the past. It's going to be a blending of everything. A misogynist people fucking suck and they should, yeah. you know, keyboard warriors will be keyboard warriors forever. They'll still come up to you after the show and tell you that they love you. 
<laughs> it's true. It happens all the time to me. And uh, <laughs> I want to talk about collab beers. You, you're drinking one right now for for that band that I can't remember the name yeah. of. I apologize. OBGM. OBGM. So they're the they're they're oh baby give me more. Yeah. Is it? That's how yeah. it's pronounced. And I just have always called them the OBGMs. And they're from Toronto. Like I said, Afro punk band. I think they, there's a tr- they're three of them now or there's four of them. There's three of them. Three main members. Yeah. I, back in the day, we played at a thing called Indie Week and we were lucky enough that we won and we and they were the runners up. And they literally, I thought, uh, if I had, I'm a humble guy. They should have won. <laughs> I was like, man, their show is so great. Super punk rocky band. They have a. They work the crowd really good, and ever since I've been following them, friends of ours and um, Budweiser picked them up for a while and did a sponsor for them about like their five years ago. They did a commercial. TV. Wow! And they just keep trucking out there. They've they've done some tours, and but yeah, I was I was I even the art on the can. It's super a really cool. Good job of the art. It's super cool. Yeah, if if cool. you could make a sumo psycho brew, though, what style of beer would you guys go with, and what would you call it? Ooh. Mm. It would have to be like a mix of a cider and a lager because Sky loves her ciders and I like my lager. So there would have to be like some kind of sweetness in there a little bit. Yeah, there'd be a little sweetness for Sky. What would you name it though? Well, Something we actually, Psycho City? it's so funny. We have this like crazy alternate world that we live in, sometimes called Psycho City. And I've built, I've actually made fake products <laughs> that I put in my music videos that are branded. Yeah. That's so um, cool. So we've made like, uh, psycho uh, sumo soda uh, beer koozies. This is our coffee beans for fiends. Hey, that's super cool. It's just a sticker. I mean, we never actually developed a coffee, but we put. <laughs> if I have to put like a me drinking a coffee in a in a music video, it's it's a Psycho City brand, I right? Love it. So I love it. Um, I've actually never done beers yet, so I'd have to think of something really interesting. Maybe something e- either usually ties in with something psycho or something sumo. So sumo. <sighs> Sumo suds or something. I don't Sumo know. Sumo suds. <laughs> Psycho suds. Yeah. Psycho suds is good. Yeah, I like that's that. not too bad. I love uh, it. Let's wrap this up. One last question. It probably never happens to you, but I think it does because you guys do shots during your show and drink too much beer during your show. And it happens to everyone every once in a while. What is your hangover cure? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question. Well, I'm. I'm a big fan of Caesars, just keeping the train going. Sky, she'll do Caesar. She'll be like, where's the Caesars in the morning? She likes it. If I think she likes the fact that she kind of eats breakfast while she drinks. Because the Caesar, Yeah, Caesar just like a big breakfast. breakfast with like a Caesar is like awesome. Stole. I can do that. I'm thinking about that right now. It'd be so good. Um, you know, I don't get hangovers too much, but when I do, I, I usually cure it with a beer I, <laughs> if I have the hangover especially on tour you know and you roll into a town and if I wasn't the one that had to drive because I was drunk that night then I you know I didn't have to you know I'm, I'm already at the venue so I might as well have another right <laughs> I think one of though if I had to give what about you wait 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 what about you I suffer in silence <laughs> 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 I have two young kids so, so I wake up and you know, they didn't drink the brews. Uh, but there is another is there is actually one. I have a new one that because I just just released. It came out not not too long ago. Um, I there's a brewery in town. They do fruited sours very well. They're called Pub Brewski or Brewski. And uh, we just did a beer together called Brutal Juice. I'll say the name properly. Brutal Juice. 
and uh, it is a fruited sour. So basically, they, they had take a sour base of a brew and they put a whole bunch of pureed fruit in it. And in Brutal Juice, there it's eight point five percent ABV. Um, there's black Zab Colombian coffee in it. Zab is a really cool coffee roaster here in Montreal. Oh, that sounds awesome. And there's maple syrup. There's black currants. There's black raspberries. There's blackberries in it. And it's uh, got black Ow. maple syrup in it. It's, it's brutal juice, and I love it. And that is honestly an excellent hangover cure because you get the coffee, you get the fruit, and you get the punch of the 8.5% ABV and you're right back on track. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's the real, real thing. That's the extra thing. Man, I, I need to try this. And is that something we can get on the shelves here in No, Ontario? it's it's only available through Pub Brewski, which is in downtown Montreal. Killer, but they drop brew juices, which is what they typically call their fruited sours, uh, every week and it's always a different variant. So if you ever come through Montreal, I will absolutely bring you some. That is super That's so super cool. cool. Sky, Matt, thank you so, so much for taking the time, hanging out with me, talking about your lives, music, and craft beer. I had a blast. I'm super stoked. Everyone get ready for Initiation, which, which dropped May 7th via Napalm Records. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate it so much. That was a fun interview, and it was nice to have some uh, drinks. Hey, can I get guest time. list when you come back and play Toronto area? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna, get, awesome. I'm gonna make sure I get your contact. And, well, I've got your contact information now, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna follow you and stay in contact because I'd love to come see the show. I'd love that too. Cheers! Thank That's you so much. Sick. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you all so so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. I had an absolute blast with Sky and Matt. What a great duo! Sick humans, so much fun. Uh, I really just want to touch on this right now. All these misogynistic elitists out there that uh, are being so negative against bands such as Sumo Psycho and other bands like them, where a strong female who is comfortable with their body and isn't afraid to show it off a bit while performing, uh, you all need to just take a hike, go and listen to something else, keep your opinions to yourself because nobody wants to hear them. Sky, Matt, just keep doing what you're doing. You're onto something. It's working. I'm a fan and I'm stoked to hang out with you in person one day. I know that we're going to have a killer, killer time. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should absolutely sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You could do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, including all the details for any episodes which I have dropped throughout that past week. If I've been a guest on someone else's podcast, all of the information for any cool projects that I have coming up, the links to the upcoming live interview Thirsty Thursday virtual hangs, as well as the links to the Brutal Awakening playlist, which is available on both Apple Music and Spotify and is curated by my man, Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself. Do yourself a favor, everyone. Sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing us because there's a whole bunch of stuff going on and I would hate for you to miss something. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have one more episode coming up this Friday, but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers vox and hops heads well hey friends my name is zach lupiton you may know me from the band dust bowl revival but i also host a music discovery podcast called the show on the road 
For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.